have pistons to work the wheels. Are we talking about a steam train? Uh, I now, am. now, now, hold on. You're bringing up an interesting question. Are pistons the same as cylinders? Yes. They're cylinder shaped. Uh-huh. Gotta are give the pistons me that. In, are the pistons in the cylinders when we say firing on all cylinders? Like yes. the cylinder is the container in which the piston moves, I assume? Or is, well, is the piston the whole apparatus? Or is it just the moving part? I think... I, that's a great question, Jeff. You're really bringing up hit, hit, bringing up some hard hitting questions. Okay, Good the piston cylinders. is the solid part, and the cylinder fits inside, or is mm. what it fits inside of. Sorry, that makes sense. Okay, so then yes, there must be pistons in a train engine, right? And they're probably cylindrical. It's not yeah. like just steam is floating up. And pushing a flywheel that is directly connected to the axles of the The steam comes out the back of the train and it pushes the train forward. (laughs) Yeah, it it works like, it works like, like, uh, what are they, flying in space, the little adjustment. Thrusters? Oh yeah. Shooting, no, the little, the little adjustment ones that just shoot a little bit of gas out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Aren't they just called like micro thrusters or something? I don't. I almost said impulse thrusters, but that's that's Star Trek. You're getting into Star Trek again, my friend. Yeah, that's the Star Trek of like when it's when they do normal non warp flying. Mm-hmm. I never thought about what firing all on all cylinders meant before. This sounds good, but I then thought, what if it was cathode cathode ray tubes? So that can't be true, right? Those aren't cylinders. Yeah, I mean sometimes they are, but only for cool robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I. I think it's more more cylinders means more engine power, because hmm. then you're capturing more uh, either expanding steam or exploding genies. fuel. Uh, or genies that make your cargo. Yeah, or yeah. Car- cargo genies. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, you think that, like, there are so many people in the world, I feel like, who are like, listen, I don't believe that magic exists. There's no magic in the world. I know because of science. But then you'd be like... Okay, well, you know, how do you know? Oh God, I'm getting into some flat Earth or territory <laughs> yeah, here. here we but go. like, <laughs> how do you know that a genie isn't in your car engine making it go? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, but then you get into what is it, Fermi's paradox or whatever? Is that the one? Mm. The one about like, oh, yeah, I could, uh, I could just as easily say that there's a teapot orbiting Jupiter, and you can't prove me wrong. Yeah. Well, there might be. Mm, good point. He doesn't have a paradox at all. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Fermi paradox is the one that the universe is so big. There's probably aliens, but where are oh, they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. man. Yeah. Although there's what's that one where it's like every civilization, in order to get advanced enough to do faster than light travel, would need to pass through a period where they could destroy themselves, and they all do. Uh, it's called, that's I mean, called depressing. That's just true. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a real term for it. I can't remember what it is, but there's some term that's like, if your technology is advanced enough that you could explore the universe, you first would have had to have the chance to, like, nuke your whole planet to hell. And, um, and it seems like maybe every civilization does that. That's yeah. so presumptuous that other forms of life would just behave exactly as foul as we do. That's true. Well, I think it's less about the type of life and more about understanding the limitations of, like, a massive population of beings, because they won't all be working towards the same 
purpose if they are like intelligent and sentient and eventually they're gonna once they they start working at well how there's (laughs) there's life forms like ants or bees where they work together and they put the uh collective ahead of themselves humans do not do that and i think i think ones like that could look at the greater good and not destroy themselves before they got to innovation but But their innovation would come much slower and i think you would well okay it depends on if you take ants individual creatures ants as being individuals or if like you're talking about the hive as a whole kind of thing right because i don't think that ants i think in order for ants to be so compliant they are they by necessity have to have a very low intelligence like even if they even if everyone in society chose to work towards the same thing the fact that people are intelligent means that they are going to ask questions and some percentage of people are going to end up with the wrong answer because that's what intelligence is so like the reason ants can do that is because they don't really have intelligence they just react to chemical stimuli now if you're talking about the hive as a whole yeah i i think that that could be an interesting question but you know, two different hives of ants won't work together. They'll fight each other, so they're doing the same thing we are. Yeah, but it works in a different way in that I think I do think there are ways to not always be watching your back in a society, but humans mm. always are watching their backs. And that's why things break down and mistrust happens and arms races and stuff. So, like, it's... I don't know that there is. I don't know how you would have a society of individual thinking people with free will that didn't have things like crime and infighting see i think um, that's just our limitation on, on yeah thinking. i i think that that's very possible because all of us i don't can... think that the world we live in was inevitable yeah. it was made on purpose all of us can sitting in a philosophical white room think oh if we work together we could achieve x we can all do that, but then when it comes down to it, suddenly our feral brains are like, oh, no, don't trust anybody. And I feel like there is a way to agree that we are all working to the same goal and actually do it. I agree with that, but I'm saying no matter what, even if we did all agree, there would be some percentage of the, it, like the law of large numbers, there would be some people who would be thinking like, but how can I make this work for me at the expense of the other people around me? I don't think that's inevitable. It might be I for think humans. It is. I think it might be for humans, but not for I think it might be life. for any thinking cre- any creature that's intelligent enough to communicate. I mean, it's like saying like, ooh, what if we created a society? What if a, an alien evolution led to a society that didn't have people who lied? And it's like, but if you really think about it, if you're intelligent enough to communicate... And, you know, you have the self-preservation skills to survive. Sooner or later, you're gonna have to tell somebody something that's not true. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think it's hard to imagine otherwise because we are in the middle of the train ride that started hundreds of years ago. Um, (laughs) Oh, only hundreds? I mean, I'm being generous. <laughs> Trains are only a few hundred years old, Matt. Yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, oh, I, it. I got it. <laughs> I, I was thinking, like, there was probably... we pro- Society could have probably gone a different way if 
uh, Europe's Age of Exploration had not happened. <laughs> um, like, I, I think globally society could have maybe been uh, not dominated by uh, those small groups of countries. The worst people in the world. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think before Europe colonizing everywhere, there were other, uh, you know forms of there were were other ways of coexisting with people that are uh now forgotten or suppressed because we uh invented a way to make everyone always be in competition even if they don't want to be yeah i just i think that that might be an inevitable conclusion of a creature that evolved by the laws of like natural selection becoming intelligent is that like even if only a small group of people ad- adopt that competitive mindset, they will be able to take over all of the other groups because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's hard to separate like possibility from well, this one thing did happen, and right. yeah, and if it if it was not likely, if it was like extremely unlikely to happen, it would have just not happened. Right. Exactly. And so. like. For all that, obviously, we can all agree that Western Europeans are the worst of humanity. Um, like the even in areas where conquerors came and were trying to take over, there were already seeds of groups of people trying to dominate their fellows in order to improve themselves at the cost of others. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I I look at the difference between like. The British Empire, which kind of was like, let's centralize everything mm. back to the crown, versus right. like Genghis Khan, which was not for the glory of the Khan, but for like, they kind of did forceful globalization across Eurasia, <laughs> which imagine, like, trying to imagine a world where that had been the thing that continued for hundreds of years instead of uh, European colonialism is is very interesting to me. It's true. I wonder, though, if it would have led to the same sort of mutual destruction of the planet. It Maybe in a different way, but it's yeah, still a sort of a domination mindset that I think is maybe not conducive <sighs> to civilization continuing. I'm the one going rogue and saying we need to stop talking about this because it is. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Well, what'd you do this week then, Louisa? This is why I didn't say it. I knew. Damn it. God damn it. Uh, I was so focused on making sure I had a good news story. Um, You didn't worry about if you should. Mm -hmm. You slapped it on a lunchbox. It's true. Um, You blew it up. You damn dirty ape. What's happening? Yeah. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I didn't quite hear what Jeff said. Now I got it. Oh man, summer, huh? It sure is bad. Yeah, it's coming to an end though. That's <laughs> no, sort of what, what my God, thing is. <laughs> no. Why? I want the weather to come to an end. I think we can all agree on that part. Just as a well, phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we all want that. Uh, well, the thing that got me through this week is the fact that in the mornings lately, there's been just a hint of fall on the air, and mm-hmm. it's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I cannot wait for fall to come. I feel like nowadays, um, like, spring cleaning, I never feel like, oh, winter's over, now it's time for me to, 
I've got energy again, and it's time for me to clean clean up. Yeah. I feel that way when summer comes to an end. Just the oppressive horribleness of summer is finally over. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, now I can, you know, I've got all these projects I want to get done. I'm going to organize the garage now that it's not oppressively hot out there. Like, that that's the big vibe for me for the week is getting things done. Yeah, I feel that too. I was doing some cleaning yesterday, like I do on Saturdays, and I had to sit down a lot and sit Mm. in front of a fan with a drink, and I hate that, and I love when it gets to be colder, and I can just do all the chores, just be done within a couple hours and not have to keep stopping. The feeling of having sweat, like, dripping on your body is so unpleasant. It's horrible. Yeah. Every time I see a commercial for a sports drink, I just think like, how do these? How are these people alive? How if they drank so much Gatorade that they're sweating? I know green and blue. <laughs> yeah, it can't be that, good for you. That was a print campaign for Gatorade. Do you remember that? Yeah, I think That's it was also. Yeah, yeah, I think it was also commercials on television. Oh, yeah. gross! So gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> yeah, but it kind of, kind of. Kind of made Michael Jordan's sweat look delicious, though. Gross. Now, here's a question. I'm thinking about the fact that that neon color of Gatorade can't be good for you. Mm -hmm. But then I was thinking about if Gatorade wasn't neon colors, would it be disgusting to think about? Yes. If it was all just different shades of, like, beige, if it looked like (laughs) soup, that would be so gross. It, like, already doesn't taste great when you're not actively working out while you drink it <laughs> that little pinch of salt yeah i like i like some gatorades i like the blue ones those are pretty good red is okay um i i like the flavor of them but i agree with you that getting through a whole bottle can be a little bit of an exercise no pun intended yeah they're, um, they're not an indoor beverage <laughs> yeah i've worked with a lot of people who would have a Gatorade, drink it like halfway, fill it up with water, drink more, Ugh. fill it up with water again. Like, till eventually it's just water with the ghost of Gatorade, and I don't understand the appeal of that. You wouldn't do that with other drinks. People do that with hand soap. Ugh, true. You wouldn't steal I a purse. People, yeah. <laughs> no. I hate when people do that with hand soap, though. Like, soap is like a dollar. Just buy some new shitty soap instead of <sighs> yeah. filling up the yeah. old one. I, um... Okay, you know what I've been doing this week, though? But mm. it's I, it's one of those things where you're trying to start a project and you're afraid if you talk about it too much at this point, you're not going to continue on. But I'm going to continue isn't, on. Isn't that weird? We need to talk about that, but you yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. you got to be starting something. <laughs> um, I want to start filming myself working on miniatures because I can I see a lot of videos and I like watching them so I know it's not like uh, a bad angle or whatever that are just a fixed camera above their work surface so you can see a person working on stuff and it's like oh and you like clap your hands and then all the onions are just chopped (laughs) (laughs) I do kind of like to see those but those are also kind of irritating (laughs) yeah oh now wait Jeff has a great idea that I really want us to get into for working on your miniatures what if you always put a, a real life-sized version of the thing on the mat and then clapped and it turned tiny? <laughs> it clapped and it That's turns into a bunch good. of the tiny one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's ah! a pretty good idea, but like with other types of art, like painting, the trouble is you don't want to compare the real-life thing to the <laughs> art thing because they yeah. won't be the same, but the art thing should be more the essence of the real thing than the real thing is in every instance. 
if and I get a bunch of, what if you get a bunch of the real thing and cover them up with cloth and then hit him with a hammer and then take the cloth away and it's just one very small one? <laughs> yeah, pretty that's good. pretty good. Yeah, uh, I, don't I if you when you post things pictures of your miniatures, mm-hmm. if I don't open up the thumbnail, I am sometimes like, oh, Louisa cleaned up her book bookshelf. <laughs> added some nice trinkets and decorations to her normal I showed, bookshelf. That's I showed your size. miniature that you just posted the other day mm-hmm. in our Discord of the of the bookshelf to my mother in law yesterday, and she was very unimpressed. And I was like, "Oh, weird. Okay." And then I was like, "You know that this is only an inch wide," and she's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> she thought okay. it was a real bookcase. <laughs> I've had that problem before, where I've made um, uh, beads that have like pictures in them, and I've sold those, mm-hmm. and people have been like, "Oh." Okay, and I've been like mm, weird reaction. They've been like, "So where do you buy the beads?" I'm like, "No, I made the beads." Is the thing, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. everyone assumes that these things just happen. I guess I don't know, but <clears throat> it's incredibly difficult. I guess so. The trouble yeah. is, if someone does understand it and they're like, "Oh, a little bookcase, nice," and you're like, "Hey, actually, I made this. It's only four inches tall." So, and they're like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> like then you'd feel like <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> No, you have you to just to... caption the pictures with the, like, statistics. Like, put it next mm-hmm. to a little quarter, have That's it be true. like, this is mu- made from these materials. Put in as much, like, SEO buzz terms as possible <laughs> into the caption. Be like, incredible, handmade, uh, <laughs> one billionth scale. I do think it's funny how many YouTube... Um, creators have things like wow no way they made a Ooh. tiny dollhouse and you're like you wrote this yourself i know you don't have a big team <laughs> you wrote yeah. wow no way they made this dollhouse <laughs> you yeah. won't believe this tiny bookshelf <laughs> impossible the thumbnails that people put on youtube yeah. for things that are very normal where it's like a person like holding us two different kinds of saw and being like oh no i'm gonna cut my arms off like yeah. your video is about how to do woodworking <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with this i always yeah, remember so someone made like a fake one that mm. typifies this and i think it was in a tweet or something and it's a guy uh making the youtube thumbnail face and the headline is your uber driver sucked me off <laughs> I'm always like, yeah, that is what YouTube videos are like. They're all like yeah. that. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. But, it, uh, do you think the pendulum yeah. will ever swing? Mm-hmm. Wait, oh, sorry. Okay. No, I was just going to uh, make Louisa continue, but you say your thing. <laughs> we got to get better at doing this, you guys. <laughs> I'm having weird, like, uh, delays and then hurry ups in my audio for some uh, reason. So, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, do you think the pendulum will ever swing the other way? And I feel like algorithms these days just feed themselves eternally where it's like, oh, well, now all of the most popular YouTube videos have these dumb thumbnails. So mm-hmm. we need to keep doing that. Um, but everyone I know hates them. Yeah. <laughs> and the only reason that those videos are popular is because those are the only videos that are available to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's especially hard because if you're just one person and you're like, everyone else is doing this, like, that's gotta be the good thing to do, Mm -hmm. I guess. I want to succeed, so it's very Mm -hmm. hard. And there's all those gurus that are like, here's how you make the perfect YouTube thumbnail, and it's just doing the same thing as everyone else, and it's like, maybe this is, maybe you're the problem, (laughs) guy who's in charge of social media engagement for Arby's or whatever. No, the Arby's one is good. You picked the one good one. 
They don't do YouTube videos, though. I yeah, wish they true. did. Uh, no, they probably <laughs> shaved they... down their huge, weird lumps of meat. <laughs> yeah, just like taking a chainsaw to a cow carcass or something. <laughs> yeah, how many cows it takes to make one roast beef sandwich? No oh, god. <laughs> yeah. So the the hard thing is um, looking on just around to see what advice people have for how to do this. Because the thing is, I know what I want to do. I have no idea how to get there. I don't know the steps mm. in between. People say you can film with your phone. I have a decent uh, digital camera. I'm not sure how long it can record video, but like I'm, I'm thinking about these things. So I'm going to look further into that. But uh, I'm going to order you one of those ring light tripods right now because I've heard that's the most important. <laughs> I have one of those already and I have oh, okay. my ring light craft light. So a lot of people are like the important thing is really make sure your workspace is illuminated. I'm like, I've got that part covered. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> Uh, so it's very confusing. Yeah, but then like, what do I do when I record footage? I upload it to my computer and question mark. I guess I open iMovie. I don't even know if I yeah. have that. Yeah. Open iMovie. So, I, I've I've done a little bit of video editing, and it's a lot easier than you are worried it's going to be. Okay, you like that's good. click the <clears throat> beginning and end of what you want to show, and then you can just delete the other stuff or move it to you know somewhere else where you're not you don't need it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the hard part is making the decisions of when to start and stop each shot, but the mechanical part of just removing stuff and putting things together is actually quite quite straightforward okay so hopefully i can do that i know really what i need to do is start and then mess up and figure things out as i go but it is difficult and i've seen a lot of people who even they've made hundreds of videos and they still are bad at getting their hands in the shot all Mm -hmm. all the time like they're painting a little thing but they've accidentally moved a few inches and now you can't even fucking see it and they put that part in the video anyway do you think you could cut holes in your hands and fill them with like translucent material so that people could see through your hands? Mm, resin cyborg. Hands. Mm-hmm. Some kind of stigmata, but for YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate uh, pro strat, I guess. Okay, so my main problems are <clears throat> most people who seem to want to start making YouTube videos either want to like just take screenshots of. Would you call it screenshots of its moving screen caps of their computers or video game machines? Yeah. Or, and this is depressing, a lot of people want to know how to become a YouTube star without doing anything. And like they'll Mm -hmm. say that specifically in the search engines. Like, how do you do it without making anything or having any kind of talent? Mm -hmm. And that sucks. And that really depressed me, actually. (laughs) I just stopped looking (laughs) one day because I'm like, oh, my God. So many people just want to be YouTube famous. They don't have anything they want to make a video about. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like being YouTube famous would be awful. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think being YouTube famous is something that you can't just do on purpose. Yeah. Um, Yes, agreed. Like, unless you start from, I have an idea for a type of video I want to make, and then you focus on refining that, like, with your whole being. Yeah, yeah. I, all the, the YouTubers that I follow who seem to be happy, well-adjusted people for the most part tend to be the kind of people who have a, a specific focus for their show. Like, oh, I do, you know, supernatural house investigations or whatever. Like, that's kind of stuff I think you can compartmentalize. But there's a bunch of YouTube celebrities out there who are just like, 
lifestyle people where it's yeah. like I film stuff that I'm doing and I've heard them say in interviews and like uh, it makes sense that it means that you can't enjoy anything in your life anymore because yeah. everything you're doing that's fun you're like I need to be filming this yeah Ugh. Ugh. so all that's I, very weird and terrible I think part of the issue is like Mr. Beast is the most famous person on the planet because he had a video. Oh, Jeff, Jeff, I'm sorry, you mispronounced Mr. Bean. Mr. Go Bean on. is the most famous person. No, uh, <laughs> Mr. Beast, I wanted to see like, oh, did he do something that people liked? Uh, he went viral because he made a video where he counted to 100,000. Yeah, that's the thing, though. People also don't realize, like, if you have a talent, that is a niche. You have to have no talent. And no niche if you want to become super famous, because yep. otherwise, some people are automatically going to go, oh, that thing that you are doing, that's not my thing. I'm not going to pay attention to it. You have to be someone who doesn't do anything, so everyone will pay attention. Yep. Oh, God. Anyway, I don't want to be famous. I want to put up some videos. Honestly, yep. I think- Correct. I think I might be able to do this. <laughs> I think I might be different <laughs> because mm -hmm. the reason I would like to do it is because I would also like to look back and see my own process on things. So that's a reason for me to make the video that's not about fame. So I've I've thought about doing something similar with woodworking stuff because there's mm -hmm. so I mean, there's so many YouTube woodworking channels. I'm sure it's the same for every niche. As you say, there's a hundred of, of everything. Mm -hmm. Um but all of the YouTube videos that I've seen uh, expect a certain amount of like, oh, well, and then you know, obviously you just countersink these, uh, yeah. these holes and like they don't explain what countersink means or how to do that and stuff like that. And so like there might be a, a market for the very basic stuff. But the problem is stuff like that isn't what people want. Yeah. Because people want to watch these videos. I don't know that they actually do want to know how to do the thing. Mm -hmm. And you explaining every video how to do something very basic is not something anyone is going to enjoy. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. because if you ever look, how do I like change um, the headlight bulb in my car? You'll find yep. a grainy video with terrible sound of a 50-year-old guy who's having his friend film him on his phone. And yep. he's, he's just doing that. And it's like a five minute video with terrible editing. And like, that's how you do things. That's not how you get famous for working on cars. Because that's not a exactly. fun video to watch. You only watch yes. it when you need to change that light bulb. Yes. <laughs> oh, anyway. So yeah, it is a fine line. And it's weird because a lot of craftspeople will frame their video as if, oh, here's how you do what I'm going to do. But you're not going to mm -hmm. do that. That's not actually no. the, the purpose of the video. And your video isn't actually showing me how to do it. Yeah. Ugh, like, so. oh yeah, I use this resin. You can't see what it's called and I'm not going to tell you, but I mix it up and then I pour it mm -hmm. in this thing. You, I don't know what, you don't know what this thing I'm pouring it into is and I'm not going to tell you, but. Yeah. <sighs> but anyway, we'll see how I do. Uh, I promise I'll share if I uh, get this off the ground, but first I need yeah. to start uh, recording things, I guess. Here's yeah. how you're going to do this and get your channel popular. <laughs> okay. You need to you need to have audience engagement, by which I mean you should solicit people in your comments to give you pictures of things that you are going to make miniatures of. I agree that that is how you build engagement, and I see people do that. But what if I don't want to listen to people? What if I want to be super controlling about my miniatures and I don't want them to Correct. tell me what to make? <laughs> 
then only Patreon subscribers get to tell. Oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, this is a great idea. For a hundred dollars a month, you can tell me what to make. And I might do it. (laughs) Well, yeah, just say like every month. Jeff's, you know, crossing this with Findom a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I know your audience. I know what they're going to want. Just do like every quarter, all of your Patreon subscribers can send you pictures and you will pick one. But don't make that pub- that process public. <laughs> so if you decide, eh, I don't want to do any of these, you can just pick a picture and be like, this is the one I chose. Mm, good plan. It would be a shame if we recorded uh, this plan in an audio medium that could come back to Fra- haunt me. Fraud isn't a crime, right, you guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be I'm a pretty shame sure if we not. recorded it. <laughs> well, you just uh, you take a picture of something and be like, hey, Matt. Send this. To yeah, me. that's what I was gonna say. Just get one of us to be your one of your Patreon subscribers, and then we'll just mm-hmm. do whatever. All right. Well, that's great. It's this is exciting me. This idea that this has been exciting me this week. Uh, I need to go ahead and uh, there were actually a couple good videos I saw where people are like, the most important thing you do is just start doing it. I'm like, fuck, you're right. You're a genius. Of course. Everyone says that about everything, though. But it, yeah, but it is true. Right. I know, but I already know that part. <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> Tell me how to not be afraid instead. <sighs> yeah. You ask for too much, Matt. <laughs> no one anyway. can tell you how to not be afraid. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, yep. hmm, how should I throw this off? Matt, did you talk enough about what you wanted to do this week? Or do you need a, uh, a, a hand? Uh, I mean, I I can just elaborate a little more on the getting things done idea. Okay, Matt, what got you through the week? It it folds into what you were saying pretty well, which is, um, I have a project that I need to get done, which is the attic ladder in the house that we bought is not good, Mm. and I need to replace it, which is fine. A new ladder is only like 300 bucks or whatever. But to have somebody install it would be several thousand dollars, Jeez. and I'm certain I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm doing that this afternoon, and I've got all of the like plans written up and everything, and I'm at that stage in a project, like you were talking about, where it feels like if I just think about it wrong, it's all going to slip away from me. Yeah! I'm going to lose that motivation to do it, and it's just going to, like... Because I know... I've done enough projects like this that I know that in theory, like, okay, I need to use my nail gun and tack up some molding and then put this ladder in and whatever. But as soon as I start doing it, one of those things isn't going to work the way I expect Mm -hmm. it to. And then what, you know? Yeah, that's the hardest part of projects for me. If I think I'm going to do something, it might be a little tricky and it works out well. Suddenly I'm doing so much for that project. But if it goes wrong, I don't regroup and I'm like, okay, well, I can fix this. I just fall apart sometimes and it might take me weeks to get back to it. Yep. And then every time you look at it, you feel a mixture of like guilt and revulsion at yourself. (laughs) Yeah. I feel that anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to, I'm so, I'm trying so hard to just muscle through that feeling Mm because I'm so bad at muscling through that feeling, Mm -hmm. but like. Ugh, I I need to get it done, and I know that if I can get it done, I'm gonna feel like I'm a fucking super god and can do anything. Yeah, yeah, just get to that point. Get to that point by the end of the day today. Do that. I know, yeah, so I need to find a time when I can turn off my critical thinking brain and just do the thing that I know I need to do, and hopefully it'll all work out, but who knows. Mm-hmm. 
So anyway, but it, it does feel really good to have done things. Yes. Yeah. I, like, organized a big chunk of my garage last weekend, and, like, at the end of the day, I felt like, oh, man, now I want to, like, run around the block. I've got so much energy from feeling good at having finished a thing that I needed to do. Did you run around the block? I did not. I instead ate a lot of ice cream. Oh, okay, never mind. I can't criticize that. Yeah, the thing of it is, you want to reward yourself for that thing that you finished so that you finish more things but then the reward slows you down enough that you fall asleep yeah (laughs) (sighs) being alive is awful yes yeah nobody asked for it i know it sucks so we all get to stop yeah that is true (laughs) Uh, anyway jeff what has been getting you through this week uh i went and saw hamlet the other day uh at um shakespeare in the park Oh, okay. Uh, the the public theater. So it was like a professional production with a official playbill and everything. Who was in it? Was Mel Gibson Hamlet? <laughs> nope. Uh, okay. It was a. <laughs> that would be crazy. He's like eighty five years old. Uh, he was pretty old when he did the movie. <laughs> he yeah. was like sixty when he made the movie. <laughs> um, but it was a it was a mostly black cast of people that you might go, oh, yeah, it's that guy from that show, if you saw a picture, but if you uh-huh. heard any of the names, you'd be like, I have no idea who that is. Was it, is it Broadway people? I find it usually is some Broadway people. Yeah, it's a lot of people who, who've done stage things. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Porter as Polonius. A lot of people who were uh, uh, on various Billy law, Porter law and orders. <laughs> Billy Porter would be great as Polonius. It would make me like Polonius for the first Was time. Was Polonius the one to get stabbed behind the curtain? Yes. Yeah. He I... would have such huge shoulder pads you would be able to see him behind that curtain. Is my only worry. The, yeah, that's true. The Polonius in this one was fantastic. I really liked oh, yeah? him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I thought that he did a very good job. So the way they play it is it's like a sort of moder- modern day the Hamlet flat family is a uh, like modern day black military family in oh, okay. presumably somewhere in the south, and then Polonius, Laertes, and Ophelia are white, and Polonius is styled like a like a southern gentleman. He's got like a, a light colored suit and a red bow tie and stuff. Hmm. Um, and are we talking Orville Redenbacher? Is that the touch point here? Yeah, or like a Colonel Sanders <laughs> type. <laughs> oh um, dear, it's fun, um, but it's it's really interesting um, because I mean I don't get to see live Shakespeare particularly often, mm-hmm. um, so sometimes you forget that when good actors do Shakespeare good, it does all make sense. <laughs> Unlike when you're reading it and you have to try really hard to figure out what the hell is going on. (laughs) Um, But, man, that guy's thing was not plot, huh? No. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think that's part of why they're good, because it doesn't get too in the weeds on stuff. It's all very, like, this person is is mad and they're going to do something about it. End of plot. These two should fall in love. Like, it doesn't matter why they fall in love. That's all you need to know so there can be quips and speeches and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I I got the impression during the beginning that, like, Ophelia and Hamlet kind of 
were it was like a will they won't they and then mm-hmm. like i bet they end up happily ever after though right it's just between <laughs> scenes suddenly she's so in love with him that she becomes insane yeah she... i don't think it's that she's so in love with him that she becomes insane it's that she is betrothed to him and he is murdering her family that yeah. makes her insane. But well, it's, I it's... think it's that uh, misunderstanding of uh, mental illness from Shakespeare's time that colors that mm. play too much because it's like, oh yeah, she was so sad it made her go nuts, which was a mm. common idea at the time, even though that's nonsense. Yeah. Um, but the... Uh... The interesting thing is, like, the some of the pieces were uh, sung a cappella or lightly accompanied. Oh, wow. Um, Weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very strange. Uh, Claudius, that was another actor who did a really good job. Uh, the guy mm. who played Claudius. Uh, let's see, I have the cast list. John Douglas Thompson played Claudius, and Daniel Pierce played Polonius. Uh, Ado Blankson Brown played Hamlet. Mm. Um and I, I thought that all of the performers did wonderful. Um, How was that ghost effect, though? Incredible, actually. Yeah? <laughs> like, nice. They, the, the set was, like, a house torn in half sinking into the ground. And we're mm-hmm. seeing, like, a, like a lobby of it. Um, hmm. And the wall that we can see, which is an inner wall of the house... Uh, is actually a semi-translucent projection screen. Uh, mm. So when the ghost effect happens, uh, stuff is projected there. Like, uh, mm-hmm. initially it just pre- projects the wallpaper, but wiggly, uh, which is fun. <laughs> uh, like, oh, the ghost is just making the wallpaper wiggly, but then it projects, like, like uh, King Hamlet face and stuff. And I could yes, only or tell... like snowflakes swirling or... Yeah, you know. uh-huh. Uh, I could only tell it was rear projection because the uh, the door and the like painting on the wall were not covered, uh, uh, so it gave a really interesting effect. Also, halfway through Hamlet's meeting with the ghost, he becomes possessed by the ghost, hmm, and then what? the actor <laughs> playing Hamlet is lip syncing the ghost's uh, line readings. Uh-huh. And he does an incredible job. Uh, he fully turned his eyes around backwards. You could only Ugh. see the whites of his eyes, and there was not not any clear time that he would have had a chance to put a thing in them. Um, but that was a very interesting choice that I think worked out well for them. Nice. Um, but yeah, going to, going to see Hamlet, pretty good. Nice. Was it comfortable to be out in the park in the i mean i know there's that theater but it, i remember going to see shakespeare or plays in the park a couple of times and it just it's so hot it that so it's hot. really hard to focus on what's happening oh no it was very temperate yesterday and the uh curtain time was at like seven thirty ish or 8 mm-hmm. so the sun was already on its way down um that's good which was nice, but the seats were extremely uncomfortable, just like plastic stadium seats. So yes, I remember those seats. That we, wasn't great. I think Louisa and I went to see Into the Woods once yeah. in the park, oh, and fun. it was a very good production with great yeah. stage sets and everything. But oh, it was so hot! I got uh, it was heat so sickness hot that and, day, and I can't be- like 
Uh, I can't remember big swaths of it because my butt kept falling asleep because the chair was so <laughs> uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I've got a, a lousy hip and back, so it was mm. a, a very uncomfortable sitting experience. But uh, I guess kept me focused on the play. <laughs> I had the energy to like tighten my glutes to reduce the strain and to look at <laughs> look at and take in the performance of the play which nice. was nice mm-hmm. um and that's the thing wherein you'll catch the conscience of a king you forget until you see it just how many goddamn phrases are just in hamlet <laughs> just from hamlet yeah. i was like oh yeah there's a star trek movie named after a line from this the undiscovered mm-hmm. country mm-hmm. yep it's true it's wild uh, yeah i still think hamlet is pretty boring but it really did have a lot of good uh like yeah like one-liners yeah real zinger the trouble with it's... shakespeare tragedies is you have to accept that people are just going to go nuts because they're so mad or sad and like yeah. yeah that's so weird yeah but that's why i like king lear so much more because he really leans into that like telenovela level of like people just absolutely losing their shit constantly and it's way more interesting i think yeah i like um it was I don't think I'd noticed this as starkly previously, but Hamlet is very much just like a scene of guys talking intercut with one person talking, saying the most beautifully eloquent thing about human existence. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then like the next scene of people talking will have some fart jokes in it. Yeah. Comic gravediggers. We all know. (laughs) The gravediggers were delightful. Yeah, they always are. A true delight. (laughs) I wonder sometimes when people are casting Hamlet if they're like, okay, we need to start with the Gravediggers. (laughs) I need to look and see. Is the Gravedigger... Yes. Gravedigger was Greg Hildreth. He gave Mm. a a sort of... Almost like a, a... The exact midpoint between Matt Berry and the... Uh... Ralph from the Honeymooners. Okay. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it it's 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 a wild, very fun performance. Uh, oh, best best part! There was a guy out front with a sandwich board, uh, dressed up with a little crown and like purple robe, uh, who was a Shakespeare truther, who had like a QR code that was like, "Learn about the real Shakespeare." It wasn't <laughs> this guy, big X over like the painting of Shakespeare everyone's familiar with. No. Get that as like a mental exercise. Oh, who really wrote Shakespeare's plays? But what do you need to accomplish when certainly whoever wrote them is long dead? Like, what do yeah, you need to be a truther about? It was still like of all the things that you could be a weird conspiracy theorist about. <laughs> I'm glad that this guy picked Shakespeare truther and not like Jews or lizard people that run the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyway, that's. Oh, wow, that's all three of us. We got through it. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Yep. We can finally go on with our lives. We can move on to the other side. Yeah. So what do we do on the other side? Well, I'll tell you. We uh, go to the news sites and let the algorithm pick for us the news that is most relevant to our lives, by which I mean the stuff that's not a bummer. Uh, so we can talk about some of the latest happenings in the world that are not uh, just horribleness. Mm-hmm. So I 
let Google News spin the wheel for me, and the article that I got recommended is an article about Baldur's Gate 3 coming out this past week. Do you guys know about this? Yes, I've seen people talking about playing it. Uh, yes. My main so, difficulty is I con- conflate Baldur's Gate and Diablo all the time, so Diablo mm-hmm. 4 coming out like two months ago is really tough. <laughs> yes, yeah, so whereas Diablo is much more of a dungeon crawler, Bal- the Baldur's Gate franchise is the sort of the most successful and good isometric RPG uh, game franchise that has ever existed. And they only made two of them, and then they didn't make another one for a fucking long time. (laughs) And I'm very excited that Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out. I love Dungeons & Dragons, I love video games, but I haven't played it yet because I made the mistake of doing the early access thing that they had for this when it was very first in, like, Mm. beta testing or whatever, and... Now I'm just like, ugh, I don't want to get back into that. I'm sure it's much better than it was literally two years ago when I played it, because now it's actually like a full release. But the idea of starting this very convoluted plot over again is exhausting to me. I feel like I need to wait until I forget everything about this game, and then I'll be like, oh yeah, this game. That's probably a good method. Yeah, definitely. Part of the problem is that the character designs are fucking stupid and insane. Have you guys seen pictures of, like, there's a character named Shadowheart? No. Is that her real name? Yes. I saw the main, the main like, blue-vested, white-haired uh, DreamWorks smile guy. Uh, I, have, I have no idea what you're talking point about. Point at the camera. <laughs> Let me see. I'm going to look up Baldur's Gate 3, and it's going to be the main guy, I bet. I mean, it's got your character creation, so the main guy is whoever you make them to be. Oh, damn. I don't know what you're talking about with a blue vested, oh, yeah, white haired guy. Uh, I guess it's it's like got red shoulders. He's yeah. I don't know what this character's name is, but I'll drop a picture in the Discord. I think he's an oh. elf. Yeah, I looked up Baldur's Gate three, and I'm seeing the same white haired man in like every picture. Is that who you're yeah. talking about? I don't know who you're talking about at all, and I've played this game. Okay, you're talking about Asterion. He is a vampire who you meet like. 45 minutes into the game and you can have him join your party but he does he is not plot significant that, at all that is the only he is barely a character in the game it's <laughs> the only image i've seen of the game is this guy <laughs> so in the picture you posted the woman third from the back <laughs> is probably the most important character great cool. yeah um anyway I do think that it's a very good game for people who play Dungeons and Dragons, though, because it has, I mean, even the old Baldur's Gates, which I don't know if either of you guys ever played, but they they had pretty good character creation to feel like when you're making a character in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. Um, And this game, I think, took that to a new level where the mechanics really do feel like a tabletop game obviously once you start playing it's very um uh video gamey but the the mechanics of rolling your die to see if what you want to do succeeds and stuff like that is is extremely tabletop which is rare to find in video games mm. yeah i remember i played a bit of uh neverwinter nights 2 a while ago yes. that's like i think from the same developer maybe yes um but similar i loved neverwinter nights too and this feels a lot the same in terms of 
character stuff. Interesting. Does it have any kind of campaign maker like Neverwinter Nights did? I don't know. I would I wouldn't be surprised if they had that or if not that they added that eventually because it does have a lot of bones for that kind of stuff where you know everything is tied to a dice roll mechanic and you actually see the dice rolling so mm. i think it would be pretty easy for them to add something like that if it isn't already in there bones dice get it mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very anyway. good um so this the article i got is specifically called Baldur's Gate 3, best party composition, uh-huh. telling you how to make your perfect party with the characters available. And obviously the most flexible one is the character that you create yourself at the beginning of the game. Would you guys like to take a guess at what class they recommend you play? Uh, Rogue. Ranger. Paladin. Okay. Hmm, that seems yeah, I, knew, I knew it was going to be a hybrid class of some kind. Yeah, I think Paladin is like the the solo player character t- class in every uh, tabletop game because That's like fair, yeah. y- you're good at fighting and also healing yourself. I feel like they did a good job showcasing that in the D and D movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I agree. I mean, <laughs> I do think that uh, that guy from Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roger shows... Jean Page. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm assuming it's French. He shows how incredibly boring characters that are just good at things are. <laughs> yeah, but also he's very good at the things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, one thing I really liked about that movie is how each of the characters did feel like they had the depth of being player created, but without having, like, too much that you would mm-hmm. be confused about what their deal was. That's true. Mm-hmm. And you could feel, it really felt like when you play a tabletop game and people are trying to roleplay well, but also want to have fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, like, Michelle Rodriguez's character being dumb, I really appreciated how they they committed to that. But also... She loves could, potatoes! It, it felt like, yeah, exactly. It felt like the ca- the player character was like, I'm bored in this conversation, though. Yeah. I want to, like, say something stupid to derail things. Like, the the idea of having a sorcerer who is a stage magician is really fun. And yeah. then you look at the spell list for sorcerers, and you're like, oh, jeez, hold on. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to have to figure out a different way to play this. Oh, man. Yep. So, wait, so is Baldur's Gate... Uh, you said like Final Fantasy. Is is it that you can make friends with uh, uh, NPCs of different, uh, not NPCs, other players, characters, uh, computer player no, characters that are yes, they are of different classes. They are NPCs, yes. <clears throat> but they're um, different classes, and you can put them in your party to make the right party. Yeah. So okay. without going too deep into the plot of the game, it starts with you being the prisoner of a group of mind flayers. Okay, uh, they're pretty bad. Yeah, and they have laid their eggs in your brain. Oh no. Okay, so you Um, die right off the bat. Well, and you and all of the people that are prisoners manage to overpower the mind flayers and escape, but there's you, from the beginning, have a ticking clock of like, Mm. this egg is going (laughs) to hatch in two weeks and then you will die. So you have to figure out a way to to solve that problem. You need to build a special Um, magnet to put in your head that stops those Mind Flayer eggs from moving (laughs) 
And then mm-hmm, you build a magic exactly. suit around it. I get it. Yeah, yeah I love it. Um, but because there is a group of people who all... I mean, the Mind Flayer base is like this floating island, and so when everyone escapes, they sort of get spread to the winds. But everyone who has these eggs are like a little bit telepathically connected. Ah. So you kind of have to go and find the other people who are in a similar situation to you. Uh, and then those are the people that you can add to your party. And I think there's like 10 of them, something like that. You find out you all were raised in the same orphanage, but you just exactly. all got amnesia for some reason. Yeah. And the leader of the orphanage was a interdimensional crystal queen woman, I think. <laughs> nice. Is that the plot of that game? I think so. Was it? Maybe. <laughs> what? <laughs> Final Fantasy This is the eight. plot of Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my god, uh, I miss those I Final Fantasies. De- I played the demo for Final Fantasy sixteen, mm-hmm. and it's pretty fun, but also I was just like, I can't right now. <laughs> I really thought about getting the whole, the full game, and I played, you know, maybe 15 minutes, and I was like, you know what? I just can't with this. Like, it's mm-hmm. very cool that they've got this little village that you're wandering around, and there's, like, people using fire crystals to start fires in their baker's ovens or whatever, and you can see how people would use elemental crystals in daily life, and that's very cool. But then as soon as they're like... And you were born imbued with the Phoenix Crystal Shard. I was like, you know what? No. <laughs> I can't right now. Yeah, never mind. <sighs> yeah, maybe later. <laughs> so. But anyway, I own Baldur's Gate 3, and I really <laughs> should just, like, fire it up and see how much better it is now that it's out of early access. Yeah, you should. Make that party. Be that paladin. I don't know, because the full recommendation here is make a... Duragar Dwarf, which are the underground dwarves that have, like, gray skin, Mm -hmm. who is a paladin and a sage who specializes in persuasion and insight, and, like, that just doesn't sound fun. I don't know. I don't really like playing dwarves. I don't know why, but it's just not the... I don't know. Yeah, but it's you never nobody, appealed to me. Nobody can hit you because you're below the uh, the level of where their guns normally shoot. Mm-hmm. It's true. I do like the guns in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, especially the golden gun is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one oh yeah, but you can't play Odd Job. Odd Job is basically a dwarf. yeah. That's the joke I was making. <laughs> yes, I see. <laughs> bastard, um, you bastard. Mm-hmm. The thing is that anytime I play it, I boot up a Dungeons and Dragons game and create a character, I'm always like, okay, well, I could make a fighter who's good at using swords, or a ranger who's good at, like, shooting bows and arrows, or I could make a fucking wizard that can cast, like, weird extra-dimensional tentacle spells. Obviously, I'm gonna do that one. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? You have to go with whichever one you most want to do, no matter what, because that'll keep you playing the game. Yeah. It's true, but man, playing as a wizard or a sorcerer really makes it hard to get through those early levels. <laughs> I really liked in uh, like Neverwinter Nights, where if you it was it a ranger where you get like a ghostly animal companion. That's fucking mm-hmm. a choice right there. Yeah, I think rangers get it for free, and then for like wizards, you could choose the feat of having a a familiar. Yeah, because cool. I'm never going to learn to fight correctly, so it's great if I can have a companion that'll just do it. Yeah, I remember when I played Neverwinter Nights 2 for the first time, and I took that familiar feat, and they were like, okay, your choices are you could have a bat, a spider, or a bear. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, which one do you think I'm going to pick? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So anyway, this game looks like it's going to be pretty good, but my god, the character design is so shitty. Hold on, I'm going to put in our chat the the picture of the character that makes me hate this game. Okay. Look at this hair. Oh, what's happening? Oh, yeah. No. So there's a gem so in for, front of the hair. <laughs> yeah, for people at home, if you want to look this up, the character's name is Shadowheart. Uh she is a uh evil cleric evil i guess so by alignment standards I think she doesn't evil. look evil she looks weak <laughs> yeah. um she's like there one of the domains when you pit when you play a cleric is called the trickery domain and it's like being able to create like illusions and lie to people and stuff like that so that's her specialty hmm. but like her hair is it's a hime cut yes but it's so plasticky and weird. Yeah. I, and, like, yeah. the whole point of... I mean, not the whole point, but this game is partially revolutionary because it manages to have such good detail in the characters. Mm-hmm. And, like, most of the characters' hair looks pretty realistic and their facial expressions and stuff like this. And then this one is just, like, well, there's going to be some weeps that want to play this, so we're going to make, like, an emo anime girl who's entire yeah. style looks completely out of place with everything else that's happening. It's just it really like D&D, me... though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It really drives me crazy when any type of fighter has this, like, elaborate haircut that would make it harder to fight. No! Mm-hmm. No matter what kind of hair they have, they're gonna pull it all back from their face and they're gonna fucking start fighting. <laughs> they're not gonna have this. Yes. Ugh. Although, we watching... you, see, you see people in medieval helmets can't see anything in those things. Hmm. Fine, you can have whatever type of haircut you want under a medieval helmet. Oh, okay. <laughs> we were watching um, some cooking competition show, and Jen was just marveling at the fact that in cooking competition shows, women will often not tie their hair back while they're yeah. trying to get very complicated baking and decorating things done. And I'd never thought of that before, but it's a fucking great point. Why? Do, why? For TV. I guess so, yeah. but... They should all also be wearing hair nets. I didn't didn't come here to make friends. I came here to... (laughs) Make creme brulee. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's very weird to me that you wouldn't be like, alright, so you guys are done taking my talking heads film. Now I'm gonna put a, you know, use a hair tie and get it out of my face so I can get shit done, you know? Yeah, Yeah. I want to see them washing their hands. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Show it. Show all of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, but like washing their hands, I can assume that they did off camera, but I can see that their hair still isn't tied up while they're doing cake decorating. So, yeah, no, I was being sincere. Why? I don't know. Okay. thought it would be fun. <laughs> uh, anyway. Again. Yeah, never again. No more sincerity from you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Um, okay, so what news story did you get, Jeff? Uh, I've gotten a, a clickbaity news story. Xbox console exclusive is getting a massive update ten years after Ooh. it first launched. Ooh, okay. You each Let me get guess. one guess. Okay. okay. Did you say Xbox exclusive? Yes. Also, okay. you won't guess correctly, but oh, definitely not. Uh, I'm gonna guess Team Fortress Two. <laughs> okay. uh, I don't. I don't know what Xbox exclusives are, so I'm gonna say Call of Duty. I do not think that Team Fortress 2 is available on uh, any of the current Xbox consoles. Yep, that's why it needs this update, you see? Yeah. Uh, 
Call of Duty is going to be, I think, in the future, Xbox exclusive. I'm pretty sure uh-huh, Microsoft that, just bought yes. Activision. That's way uh, closer yeah. than I thought I would get. No, it is the the rare develop the rareware developed uh, fighting game Killer Instinct got a reboot mm-hmm. in 2013. Mm-hmm. You might answer re- Kazooie. Yeah, got exactly. It. You might remember this as the 90s one where it no. was like claymation dinosaurs and stuff. Yeah, you could fight as a big <laughs> lizard or whatever. What? what? Yeah, like looked like Mortal Kombat, but instead of guys in costumes, it was like uh, a Velociraptor was one of them. I remember. Yeah, it was like stop motion. Uh, uh, who's that guy? The special effects guy type stuff. Hard man. No, the the skeletons man. Jason. Oh, Harry Harryhausen. Harryhausen. Yeah, yeah, very Harryhausen style. Uh, I think you might be confusing two different things because the I don't think Killer Instinct was claymation, was it? It was just like. Stop motion? Like poly- like polygonal wireframe stuff. I'm going to figure out, because hmm. I'm looking up I Killer Instinct. I think you're Instinct. thinking of Clay Fighter is no, the claymation I'm, I'm not thinking of... I, Clay Fighter is genuinely claymation, but there is like a stop motion element to Killer Instinct. Uh, I think I am confusing it, however, with a different dinosaurs one. Spore. Um, the game that Spore. That was called like Primal or something. Hmm. Mm. That sounds like a thing. Prime fight guy. <laughs> to rock the dinosaur hunter. Is that what you're thinking? That of? would that would be a good game that someone should make. It's a shame they never did. Yep. If only. I don't get it. I remember fucking loving to rock the dinosaur hunter when I was a kid. <laughs> was that on like N64 maybe? Yeah, I think you can get the N64 one on Steam now. It's definitely not going to be good. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was incredible that it was like, oh my god, I'm moving through this 3D world and dinosaurs are around. But I bet if I went back to it now, I would be like, this is the shittiest and worst and hardest to move. Okay, I definitely, I confused Killer Instinct with Primal Rage. Yes, <laughs> Primal Rage, now I remember. You get to play as some badass Harryhausen-style dinosaurs and apes in that one. Uh, Killer gotcha. Instinct, it looks like you're playing as... Uh, it's that weird, like, pre-rendered CGI character. Yes. So, like, it's got the, the Mortal Kombat style of, like, everything is uh, a kind of janky animation because they had to make it out of pre-rendered, uh, much higher resolution images than the, the software could handle. Hmm. Um, Apparently you could play as one of the Battletoads. Yeah, in the new one now, because Xbox also... I think Rare made Battletoads, but because Xbox owns everything Rare made, uh, you get the you can play as the Battletoad. Uh, I don't know, Barf or Fart or whoever. Their names were skin conditions, Jeff. Yeah, Zitz, Pimp- Rash, yeah, like a Barf. The other like one, Barf. Fart. You can play as Rash from Battletoads. There it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, twenty. 20- Why him? I don't. Why know. him of all of them? Why not a char- Why not like one character where you play as all three? That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jeff, are you already looking at a list of of the p- fighters in Killer Instinct? No, I'm just looking at the article. Um, okay, I would like to play a game with you, fellows. Would you yes. like to play a game, right, from the movies? I'm going to describe to you a character, a, a fighter in Killer Instinct, and I would like you to guess what the name of this character is. Can we flip it okay. around? You give us the name, and we try to guess what the hell kind of monster they are. That was my original thought, but I think that that would be much more boring. Oh, okay. 
I think that the problem with that is that it's so open-ended that you guys would then be like, it's probably like a guy who has a sword. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. All right. Maybe once we get the vibe. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. A velociraptor with a robot spine. Um, Robosaurus. <laughs> oh, damn, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, uh, yeah. Optimus Primal. <laughs> that, no, that's the gorilla. <laughs> yeah, that's a gorilla. Uh, his name is Riptor. Like, Whoa! Oh, Delta that's Riptor. good. That's that rocks. Good. That kicks ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about a... a Skeleton pirate with Ooh. wooden armor. Oh man, I love this guy. Uh, Captain No Beard. Um, Captain Doom. Ooh, that's really good. No, his name is Spinal. What? Yeah, just the word Ooh. Spinal. Yes, yeah, Spinal. Like that. Oh, I forgot. But- it's like ed- it's like '90s edgy. We gotta reconfigure yes. ourselves. Yeah, you're things. right. It can't be good. It has to be '90s edgy. You're right, and it's All a shame right. because Spinal would be a better name for that dinosaur, it sounds like. Right? Oh, that's true. He does have spines. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, how about a blue ghost with, like, a black Japanese, like, demon mask? <sighs> Plasmo. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> First thought, best thought. Poltergeist. That's pretty good too. No, it's Omen. Damn it. Uh, how about a battle toad? Rash. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah finally. It. <laughs> Score one for Jeff. Yeah. Uh, and finally, just literally the girl from the ring. <laughs> Sadako, of course. Pretty close. Uh, does she have a Japanese name? Yes. I'm never gonna get it. Uh, uh, Maki. Hisako. Uh, okay. Uh, other guest characters in this 2013 reboot include an Arbiter from Halo and General mm. Rom from Gears of War. Rom is spelled capital R, capital A, capital A, capital M. Yeah, obviously it's a it's an acronym. It stands for really, actually, a monster. <laughs> oh, that's a secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, he shouldn't have hidden it in his name, Hubris. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, but oh, they... I like this weird ice monster guy <laughs> named Glacius. Ooh. Ooh, he's so like fancy. A, like an abominable snowman? Uh, no, he's kind of like a predator if a predator was made out of ice. Yeah, Louise, huh. and now you're thinking of Clay Fighter. Damn it. <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, that putting... classic uh, fighting game, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> I'm putting a picture of Glacius in the chat okay, so you can see. see. Whoa, badass. Yeah, oh, I think he's on the cool. cover art for the SNES version, but he looks significantly <laughs> worse. I don't think mm. we're describing these well, but Matt is right that he does look like a predator made of ice. He's got like little uh, spines that are, I guess, rocks coming out of him all over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're supposed to be ice, but they do look a lot more like rocks than ice. Um, anyway, uh, they are updating. They fixed some bugs and uh, got a big 10th anniversary update. With uh, better, like, net code for online play and some balance changes. Nice. Can you imagine how miserable the online community for Killer Instinct must be? Just the worst people, right? Probably? I don't know. It's it's one of the Game Pass titles, so, like, pretty much anyone who has an Xbox is probably going to have access to this game. 
Yeah, but the only people who are going to play it are like 12-year-olds with way too much time on their hands. Oh, you overestimate how much 12-year-olds are uh, keeping up with classic reboots of fighting games from the 90s. (laughs) Well, it's going to be either 12-year-olds with too much time on their hands or 50-year-olds who remember playing it when they were kids who still think that the edgy 90s stuff is cool. And they're right. I mean... Some of these are pretty cool. <laughs> there's a vampire in here. There's a mummy man who's a mummy. Nice. That's pretty good. Rip, Riptor is... Riptor is pretty... That's a good one. I like that. Nah. Yeah. Reminds me of that terrible movie Future War with the tiny dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm imagining he's, he's very tiny. inspired by that, I'm sure. There's a werewolf. This is just Universal Monsters fighting game, which now that I'm saying it would be mm-hmm. kick-ass. Yeah, that would rock. Wait, you're, that's Darkstalkers. Oh, that's true. Well, I don't know, because Dark, does Darkstalkers... I mean, first of all, Darkstalkers is Universal Monsters crossed with uh, fan service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas this seems less that thing. But this has a vampire, a mummy, a werewolf, a ghost... Yeah, Darkstalkers has all of those. They've got a little red riding hood a and a Frankenstein. A skeleton? I want to know the, I want to know the backstory of that pirate skeleton. What's his deal? Is he a captain? Yeah. We don't know. There's a pirate skeleton in um, in Curse Soul Calibur. Mm, LeChuck. Yes, but also there's a, a pirate skeleton in uh, Soul Calibur. Mm-hmm. And the character's name is Cervantes. And I hmm. don't understand what that means. <laughs> That's pretty good, though. Huh. Yeah, it is good. But Cervantes is a guy, and he didn't have anything to do with pirates or skeletons, you as far as that. I know. <laughs> Isn't this one of those things know. where one person who's kind of an idiot invented the character, and they're like, "Yeah, Cervantes, like the author," and like that's all the thought they put into it, and then mm-hmm. it accidentally became successful enough that we have to know about it. Yeah. I bet that somebody was like Cervantes, you know, the guy who wrote Treasure Island, and it wasn't until much later <laughs> in the process that someone was like, he was the one who wrote Don Quixote. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. It could, it could just be a guy's name. That's true. I, I don't know how common yes. the name is. Uh, anyway, Louisa, what, what does the algorithm say uh, you should pay attention to? Uh, let's all get super hyped for this rumor. Because Kotaku mm-hmm. tells me, it looks like Lego Animal Crossing sets are coming. According to Reliable Leaks, five Animal Crossing-themed Lego sets will be released in 2024. Hooray. This is a great article because it's got maybe three paragraphs of words and absolutely no pictures. And it reminds you several times that these are just rumors. So, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's content. <laughs> yeah, that is, is content it? now. Is there ever going to be a month that goes by without people talking about Animal Crossing, the worst game series of all time? (laughs) You're just jealous. (laughs) No, he just, he's, he is able to devote time and attention to doing uh, woodworking in real life. Hey, I made my miniatures and I still have time to go and collect my statue of the Chinese Zodiac animal every year that you get in Animal Crossing. Yeah, guys, what if homework, but video games? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's something peaceful about the process, Matt. I get it. I mean, I don't like it, but I understand, and I don't even necessarily begrudge people liking it. I just, like, it's not good. It's fine. And if you like it, I mean, it's like, 
It's like if suddenly everyone on Earth was, like, super into Cookie Clicker. Even though I like Cookie Clicker, I'd be a little embarrassed about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that <laughs> was, there was a time. I guess that's true, but, uh, it's not, you, I refuse to harness my joy on this, but also, no one's really playing Animal Crossing anymore. But also, I think I don't like Lego sets. And I hate to come out like this, but when I was a kid, I loved building my own things out of those rainbow color blocks. And the thought of just building a set that has a piece shaped exactly right and colored the correct way for each part of your model. I hate that idea. That's true, but I do remember. I do remember when I built stuff freeform as a kid at the end, always being very disappointed in myself. (laughs) I mean, that's true, but I feel like that's part of it. It's not a good part, though, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's a part we're this, trying to eliminate. I guess this translates into how I like to get model kits and then do different things with the parts than the company wants me to do, rather than just put them together. Oh, you're making some just, really messed up Gundams <clears throat> out there. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be I awesome. feel like I've, I've too often had the experience of I'm trying to do something you know, remix something in my own kooky, messed up way, uh-huh. and then it doesn't work, and then I don't have any recourse, because I know I knew all along that I was doing it in a fucked up way, so it's on me, and I have no one to blame but myself, and that sucks. I want to blame anyone but myself. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree like with that. testing their limits, though. Like, if I make something and it's bad, I can just throw it away. No one has to know. But you put so much time into that thing. Yeah, but you learned. This is the thing I'm trying to embrace in my life, and I feel like I've gotten real good at it over the past few years, which is everything you try gives value to you, to your mind and your being, and there are no failures in that way. That's true, but it sure doesn't, it sure feels like a failure a lot of the time. That's true. somebody gives, yeah, but what if somebody gives me points for the thing I do? Mm -hmm. Then I know it's good. Yeah, what if I could see a meter that ticks up that's showing how good I am at a thing and it just keeps filling up and that gives me a sense of satisfaction I've never had in my life before. <laughs> well, that's why we have video games. These other no, things that's that are why separate we have from money. video games, like <laughs> Legos, you can just throw your Legos away. That's the thing. Yeah. I If someone could figure out a way to have a thing on your phone that tracks how much better you're getting at skills, uh-huh. that would be incredible. People would go crazy for that. I mean, I guess that's kind of what Apple Fitness is trying to be, right? A little bit. If you're willing to enter it yourself that you did a thing. Right, that's the problem. No, you don't want that? (laughs) Well, no, because, like, I... That's not a... That's not the video game experience. Like, you don't... When you're playing Animal Crossing... You don't have to log all of the bugs that you got during the day in order to see how much better you've gotten. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that doesn't have as that doesn't have like a skill progression system. That just has I a know, collection Animal of Crossing bugs. Is a bad example it's because a bad it's example. a bad video game. But Baldur's a Gate good 3. video game does. Yeah, Baldur's Gate Three has experience points that I can spend <clears throat> to make myself better at at fireball or whatever we have those in real life too really i could get better at fireball yeah Yeah, join the ren fair oh (laughs) you could join the ren fair they would love to have you you bring your own costume they would love to keep you there forever and ever i don't think 
I don't think that A, that's true. I think that there's way more people applying for the Ren Fair than they let in. And B, I don't think you start with, hey, Ren Fair, I bet I could figure out how to breathe a fireball. Can you hire me to, to look into it? I think I bet what you some... actually need to do is start your own Ren Fair. Blackjack and hookers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually forget the Ren Fair. <laughs> then when they try to tax you or arrest you, you're like, no, 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 this is a Ren Fair. You don't understand. We are role playing these things. <laughs> Yeah, it's not now a crime you're just if you're writing pretending. A, now you're just writing an episode of Reno 911. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good show. When it really hit, it did. Yeah. I'm very much happy about how many of the cast members from that are now, like, Actual the biggest cops. names in, in comedy. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, though, they already were from the state before that. That's true, but um, what's her name? Wendy... Wendy Malik. Is that her name? Ma- no, no, sorry. Wes- Wendy McCo- McCoveney or something. Wendy, she's got a yes. hyphenated last name and I can never remember McClendon it. McClendon Covey, I believe. Yeah, that's the one. Um, she is like huge from the Goldbergs and mm-hmm. I think she had a spinoff show for a while. Like she was always so funny and she's doing such a different character now, but she's still so funny and I'm really happy for her. Yeah, that's true. That's good. What I like about this article is there's some comments at the bottom, <clears throat> but... The article, quote-unquote article, ends with, uh, here's when the things might come out. If that's the case, be prepared for them to sell out very, very fast. And there's someone in the mm-hmm. comments who's like, well, how can I up my chances of getting one? I really want one if they do. And then everyone else is just being helpful to that person, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, if you really want Lego sets, you sign up for free on the Lego website to become a Lego VIP, and they give you advance notice of stuff. So that's cool. I'm surprised with stuff like this, like, companies aren't doing a good enough job at keeping scalpers from getting a lot of it. Yeah. There's gotta be a way. I don't know why it's so hard. Like, eventually with, you know, with PS5s, when they were selling out so crazy fast, they eventually got this thing where there was a queue that you could enter into and, like, you had to be on at a certain time Mm -hmm. and you know, click a thing to prove you're not a robot or whatever. And defeat like, you in a game of wits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's the only way he'll respect you and preserve humanity. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know. Why isn't everyone doing something to prevent scalpers from getting everything? Yeah. I wish a lot of companies, I know the, the terrible capitalist idea is you should never have leftovers that have to be discounted. That's a failure. But... Yeah. When you make a thousand of something and it sells out in two minutes, make another fucking thousand of it, goddammit. Like, so many companies are doing these limited runs that are so ridiculously small, and we all know that they are. That then those things immediately hit eBay for like ten times the the price. Just make more in the initial run. Why do this? I don't understand it. But so many people are buying them to resell them. Yeah. And you wouldn't sell as many if people thought that they could get them without having to buy them from a reseller. I don't think that's true, because we see how many people really just wanted to buy it for themselves or as a gift who can't. I think there would be enough of those people that it would still make it worth it. And I think the scalpers would still buy it just in case, because they do that anyway. I think that the the one way in which big corporations and me agree is when scalpers get screwed and stuck with a bunch of stock they can't sell, it's the best. <laughs> yeah. I don't think 
companies care about that at all. I think they only care about the initial sales. Yeah, to them it was Tuesday. (laughs) No, I think (laughs) they care about it because that means that they sold that many unit more units and like to a person who doesn't even want them. No, I don't think they care about that. No, I don't think they care about that at all. I think that, for instance, again, going back to PlayStation 5, it's a fine console, but I think that the fact that there was so much buzz around, oh, you can't even get one, became made become like a status symbol thing. And I think that that really, really, really helped uh, Sony to mm. sell their, their console as being like a premium product. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, we all know Nintendo is just bad at trying to do that stuff. I don't think Nintendo is gaming anybody, but they always make too few of everything. And then they, they catch up in waves. And as they catch up, it sells out again. Like it doesn't matter that it was a limited run and they don't have any more. Like, when they add more, it still sells. It's still a good idea. Their business model is a little different, because PlayStation and Xbox both are loss leaders. Like, they sell the consoles at a loss and overproduce, like, on purpose. Yeah. Um, Whereas Nintendo doesn't, like, spend the money up front to get more factories going. Um, That's true. Because they know eventually they'll make enough to meet the demand. So they'd rather just make people wait. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like there is something there about the product is wanted. There's a market for it. So you can just keep making it. Yeah. Yeah, that's also true. Is like, they're a almost 200 year old toy company. So the idea that they would have a product, make it for one print run and then never make it again (laughs) is probably not something that's ever been in the DNA of the company. Mm -hmm. That being said, though, I think that I think you're right. Nintendo was bad at it, but there is a, there is a a philosophy of marketing that the best way to get people excited about your product is to make them worried that they're not going to be able to get it later. That's true. But I feel like there's a huge difference between how many that requires, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't feel like they're hitting anywhere close to it. Most companies nowadays. Yeah. I think the ideal is that most people can get it fairly easily in the beginning and then eventually everyone can get it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they've found the right uh, balance of that yet. Yeah. What I don't understand is it's like a license to print money, like a print, uh, making a weird flavor of ketchup. If you have a factory that's doing that, you've already committed the resources to make it at all. Why are you only you've making it? you committed a- the original sin of making ketchup. <laughs> exactly. How much more dirty can you get? (laughs) Why are you only making 100 bottles? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. maybe people wouldn't buy 10,000 bottles, but they would probably buy 1,000. And that's just more money you could just have. Why aren't you interested in having it? That I don't understand. Hold some back and sell them on eBay yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the other thing is, though, that they... First of all, with food stuff, it's very different because if you don't sell it, then like you're really fucked because you can't just hold on to it and sell it later. Well, that's true, but something that's self self shelf stable for at least a year, you got some leeway. But the other thing is, I think the worst case scenario for them is they make a thousand and then people do buy it, but enough people have it and try it and say like this is disgusting. <laughs> That then in the future you can never do this again. Like, they need to keep an air of mystery around it if they plan on ever doing something like that again, Mm. I think. 
I think you're thinking like a person would run a business, but I don't think corporations think about those things at all. Mm, I don't think corporations think because they're not be- people. Mm, are uh, they people, mm, though? Mm? Legally speaking, they have <laughs> free speech rights. Whereas people do not. Yes. So. <laughs> there are more people than you're, you and I. You're proving my point. <laughs> All right, well, I think we've reached the end of whatever this was. So thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. And please let your friends know about the show so we can continue to grow. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on X, I guess is what we're saying now. No, we're not. Um, No one says. At HackTheNetPod. And if you want to talk to us directly, you just need to message us and you can join our Discord so you can join in the conversation. We're always talking to our friends and our fans on there about whatever stuff we chatted about so if you have opinions if you think one of us is wrong or super right and you want to chip in uh just send us a message and you can get on our discord you can find me to message me on blue sky at matt heron uh you can follow me on uh, let's go with letterboxd this week Oh. Jeff JK on Letterboxd. Uh, if you are someone, Jeff is becoming a real film bro. <laughs> yeah, becoming okay. <laughs> uh, if you want to uh, see my opinions on movies, I'm making a stronger effort to um, to make sure I'm logging and at least putting like a sentence down for every movie I've see. I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was that movie I saw last year that had Barbie in it? <laughs> uh, Oppenheimer. <laughs> Yeah, probably. There we go. Boom. Um, most most months I am seeing the major releases. I've already seen two in August. It is currently August 6th. I Dang. have another. I have my third August movie tomorrow. Uh, I saw, have you seen Haunted Mansion yet? I keep on thinking I want to go see it, even though it's going to be bad. No, I didn't go see it because I heard it was bad. <sighs> it's it's going to be bad. It's got Keith Stanfield and Danny DeVito, though. How can it be bad? I know, but... It's, it's definitely Louisa. Don't say how can it be bad. You know how it <laughs> yeah, can be bad. What could go wrong? Uh, I'm, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't believe it could be that bad. Yeah, it'll probably I be acceptable. Could. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really want to go see it. I love whatever is happening right now, where it's like Halloween in July is the new thing, where all kinds of spooky stuff is. I heard. Um, on the radio yesterday, they played Somebody's Watching Me, and then immediately after it, um, uh, Dead Man's Party. Nice! <laughs> like, we need to start what's happening. carving watermelons instead of pumpkins, because you can get so Ooh, much more carved onto good. a watermelon. They're so much bigger. I feel like it's so passe to talk about the Christmas creep, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the new hotness is to talk about Halloween. The Halloween uh, haunt. Halloween haunting summer but it in it, it's good actually that it's doing that <laughs> yes agreed and you can talk to me on mastodon at louisa at mastodon.xyz all right thanks everyone for listening to the show please come back next week but in the meantime don't forget to keep your pockets on track don't read the comments i'm the best around talk about the christmas creep mm-hmm. uh and the the new hotness is to talk about halloween the halloween uh, haunt halloween haunting summer but it you know it's good actually that it's doing that <laughs> yes agreed and you can talk to me on mastodon at louisa at mastodon.xyz all right thanks everyone for listening to the show please come back next week but in the meantime don't forget to keep your pockets on track don't read the comments i'm the best around <laughs>